ever picked up a box of tissues and noticed the letters FSC on it? Forest Stewardship Council. The origins of those letters are in the Amazon and the concept of sustainable forest management. If you go back to the early 1990s, there was worldwide, and there still is today, worldwide concern at the deforestation of the Amazon. And that's where the whole concept of sustainable forest management originated from. It was a non-governmental movement of people from both the environmental and the forestry sectors. And the, the purpose of the movement was to stop the deforestation of the Amazon. So how do you stop the deforestation of the Amazon or try to stop it? And that's where the principle of sustainable forest management came in, where timber that would be produced from forests would be proven to the consumer that the timber originated from a sustainably managed forest. To come from a sustainably managed forest, the forest must be managed in accordance with all social, economic and environmental sustainability criteria. This is Paddy Bruton who runs two forest-related businesses, Forestry Services Limited and Euroforests, from his office in Killian Hill. Apart from all the other services his business provides... From establishing forests, managing forests, constructing forest roads, doing management plans, doing knowledge transfer, harvest and market timber. Paddy's companies also have become the first in the private sector to achieve dual certification in FSC and PEFC. These worldwide certifications arose from the concept of sustainable forestry management. The first one that was set up is the Forest Stewardship Council, also known as FSC. Right. The second one that was set up is the Programme for the Endorsement of Forest Certification, also known as PEFC. Now, in effect, these are two equal labels. And once you see, once the consumer sees those labels stamped on timber, that is the verification that that wood came from a sustainably managed forest. The whole concept of sustainable forest management and the certification of same is now very, very important in Ireland. The sawmills in Ireland get it very difficult to sell uncertified timber to the markets. Mm. So it needs to be certified. You could always make the point, the Amazon is still being deforested. And it is being deforested, but at a slower rate. And we are in an era now where uh, everybody is more aware of sustainability. Everybody is more aware of the damage we're doing to our planet. So certification and sustainable forest management, it's a concept that's here, it's not going away, it's necessary, it's an important part of the supply chain. Um, Ultimately, it's a good thing. And in relation to the sustainability, is it the case then that the the landowner will replant what he or she has felled in order to um, sustain the carbon stored in in the land? Is that how it works in that regard? On each felling licence, when you clear fill a forest, there is a replanting obligation, right? And that has been there since 1946, right? And the Forestry Act in 2014 further uh, clarified that, Mm. that it remains in place. The replanting does take maybe more cognizance of environmental issues than when the plantation was originally established. That's not a criticism of the people that established the plantation the first time. It's just a fact that our environmental requirements and restrictions have moved on. Mm. So, for example, um, some relevant watercourses or, or, or old drains that are flowing through plantations, 
Now we're more inclined to set back the replanting from those, mm. right? To give more to give more of a buffer zone, as we call it, from the from the aquatic zone. Mm. We also maybe take more cognizance of existing broadleaf trees in a plantation. You know that we step back from those. The word I would use to describe all that is maybe respect. I've met Paddy at a forest on the Kilkenny Leash border where trees are being thinned in a forest that he manages. The small trees are being removed. Leave the big trees. And the idea for that is the big trees now have more place to grow and they have access to more of the nutrients. So they will grow faster and become to a saleable size or a clearfill size more quickly. And how often do you thin? Thin normally on a three to five year cycle. This forest here was established in 1997. Uh, we're in doing our second thinning on it. The thinning is done by a harvester. It's a very nifty machine that twirls its way in and out and around the trees and has a long extending arm. The arm catches the tree at the base, cuts it, turns it horizontally and shaves the length of the trunk of its branches and then cuts it up. So the harvesting head now is moving along the length of it and is stripping off all the branches, right? So he has just cut the first length of that now into a length of saw log, yeah. right? He's removed all the branches and he's cut the second length into a pallet. He has stripped off all the branches. The third length is into pallet. Now he's into, that's actually going to be a length of stake material. And now he's into cutting a length of pulpit. Because it's getting narrower. It's it's getting, the tree is getting smaller all the time. It's a very fast process. Yeah. It's very When you're a skilled operator, you need very good guys on those machines. As you can see here in this wood, there's no damage to the, to the trees that are remaining. There's no debarking done. Um, so he's, he's careful in how he's taken down the tree and he's careful in how he's stacking the tree that he's not damaging anything that's left behind. Productivity is important, but thinning a wood correctly is more important. Mm -hmm. And it's the difference between having a very valuable clearfill and having not such a valuable care for. And there's value in trees these days. Monetary value, I mean. Timber is at record prices. That in Ireland is caused partially by the licensing scandal that we're dealing with. But timber is, is at record prices worldwide. Mm. It is a scarce commodity. So it is a valuable crop for owners. It is a very good option for some owners um, with marginal end. I think the days are gone where owners will plant their entire farm. We've had that in the past. I think that, that day is gone. But for a part of your farm, I think it's a very good option. Um, I think if a lot of farmers critically assessed their farm, there's probably 10% of most farmers' land that it might be better in trees, in this type of forest, than traditional farming. There is reluctance by farmers to take up the forestry option. Given the current licensing scandal that we are dealing with, that's hard to blame them for. So that's why that does need to be solved, right? And get confidence back in the industry. Because we need forests not just for timber. We also need forests for climate, for carbon, water quality. You're a forester, obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, I did. Egg science in UCD, yeah. Oh, did you? Yeah. You, you do the forestry module then. Okay. 
fell in love with forestry then from that. My dad was in forestry and my uncle was in forestry. And oh really? Yeah. It was natural then. We're walking in the forest on top of the branches of the trees that have been cut down during this thinning process. These branches are called brash. Where do all these names come from? They're forestry terms that have been in the industry as, as long as... You remember. As long as I remember. Yeah. It's also called lop and top. So it is the branches that are stripped off the tree as it has been cut and it is the top of the tree. So what we do is those are put under the machine, right? So that the harvester, when it's harvesting, is not travelling directly on the ground. Okay. It's travelling on what we call this brash mat. Okay, because you don't want to disturb the ground? To protect the ground. Following that, the forwarder comes in then to take out the, the timber. The who? The forwarder, which I'll show you now in a minute. It's a big machine. It comes in and it grabs each of the, of the, the timber that's cut and takes it out to the roadside. That then travels on the brash mat as well. The whole aim of all of this in a sustainable management concept is to stop soil mobilisation. There's a number of different reasons, I suppose. But the two, the two ones that would be most in mind would be the carbon, obviously, right? But secondly, that we don't mobilise silt into the watercourses. Now, see that machine there? Can I catch you? You OK? Oh, yeah. That's the forward one. This machine, is, oh, it kind of looks like a forklift, kind of, almost. Yeah. See the, see the grab that grabs the timber and puts it up onto the bunk behind it and yeah. takes it out. Okay. The man driving the forwarder is busy bringing the logs from the forest out to the forest road where they're stacked in nice neat bundles. Each stack is for different uses depending on the thickness of the log. Right behind you, Monica, is a, is a stack of pulp that's coming out of this forest. And that pulp that you, that you see there, which is the lowest value assortment, but it still yields a profit for the owner. That pulp there will actually go to generate biomass, to generate renewable heat. It's also helping our, our, our national targets as regards climate change, right? Which is very, very important. That stick of timber you, you see just there, I know you've been in Murray's, mm-hmm. uh, Murray Sawmill in Ballon, an excellent mill. That's the type of timber that Murray's like. Mm. It's 4.9 metres long, right? It's straight timber. It's what we call saw log. Right? And that timber there would can be used to make the rafters in people's homes. And I have a particular bone about this because while we are standing here today in a Sitka spruce plantation, right, sometimes we fail to make the connect between Sitka spruce and the rafters in our house. And I would hazard a guess that about 99.9% of the rafters in people's houses across Kilkenny and Carlow are made from Sitka spruce timber. And it's, it's, it's from Sitka spruce timber for a very good reason because it is affordable. Um, it's much less expensive than hardwood timber. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly good to build rafters. Mm-hmm. So we need that timber, and it's crucially important that we have that timber. Um, you'll see further down there, the stack down there, I'll try and describe it for the listeners. The timber is 3.1 metres long. Again, it's Sitka spruce. It's straight. right? It's cut to a minimum, minimum diameter of 14 centimetres. And that's the timber for the farmers around Kilkenny and Carlow. That's the timber that your fertiliser is delivered on. That's the, that's the timber that, to be fair to everybody that goes into a shop, that's, the, that's the, the timber that makes the pallet that our goods are delivered on. It's principally Sitka spruce. This, the, the Sitka spruce that some people, I think a minority of people, like to give out about. Yeah. 
this this stack of timber here again coming out of the thinning of this forest it is six feet long and that timber there is the timber that's used by farmers uh, in Kilkenny and Carlow for fencing their land it's stake material right so that will go to a stake producer uh, it will be debarked treated pointed and and sent back out for resale again as stake material for the farming industry so this is local timber it's been used locally the saw log I was in there is going to Murray's in mm-hmm. Carlo. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm fairly certain that the stake material out of here will probably end up in, with Garrett Griffith in Paulstown. Mm-hmm. It's a local bioeconomy. It's good for the local businesses. Mm-hmm. It's good for local contractors. It's good for us. And tell me, the, are the, the lengths very important? Like you say 4.9, you say 5.1, you say 6. You know, why are those lengths so important? The lengths are very important because... Um, the machine cuts each tree and then it cuts it into the most valuable length of timber right? and the most valuable length of timber is for saw log but then we must cut it to a size and a specification that the sawmills can take because the sawmills rely on putting the material through the sawmill in an efficient fashion so then there must be conformity from the forest cutting it into the correct length so the sawmills can deal with it efficiently that we don't have any interruptions um, or breakdowns in the supply chain. Mm. And I suppose you could really call this supply chain management what we do here. But it's very but if the timber is not cut correctly in the wood, then it's no good to the sawmill. Mm. It's no good to the steak producer. It's no good to the biomass producer. So it's crucial that it's cut correctly day one. Mm. To the correct lengths, to the correct specification, that it is of use to the industry further down the supply line. This is the sound of one of the industries further down the supply chain. Murray's sawmills, who operate out of Ballon in County Carlow and Ballygar in Roscommon. John Ryan is purchasing harvester and forester for the company. It was bought over in 1997 by Paddy Murray. It was Deacons at the time and uh, it was massive investment put on from put into the site from, from then on and now it's a world-class process and facility that can handle a huge amount of raw material. Uh, suppose we buy our logs a multitude of ways, uh, standing, uh, roadside, uh, delivered in. We take those deliveries into Ballon, uh, roughly taken in the region of about 6,000 cubic metres per week, 6,500 cubic metres per week of logs, and those logs are taken in over the Weybridge to the quality and the spec that we want, and then processed in the plant and put into a various amount of construction products. At that level, you'd have to be moving about a hundred lorry loads of timber per production day. Uh, that would be roughly fifty into Ballygar site in Galway and fifty into the Ballon site in Carlow. Wow. So about a hundred truckloads of logs per day. Um, it can be quite busy, and and thankfully for the last eighteen months, it's it's certainly been on the up with COVID and demand for products. So you have a dual weighbridge here, which works very well, but it's not that common in the country. Okay. It's, so- uh, it just leaves to, if you're very busy on the site, you're not having trucks waiting or queued up. A, a lorry can come in here, outside portal, he yeah. doesn't have to go inside to an office or anything. It's just a drop screen, enter in his details, what forest he came in from, who the forest owner is, and barrier lifts and in he goes. 
and the outbridge as well. All um, It helps when you're busy with residues, sawn timber and logs coming in. just yeah. keeps the flow moving. And the flow certainly does move at Murray's sawmills. Really a lot of logs could come in today and it could actually make itself into the mill two days later. Okay. Yeah. Lovely smell from them, isn't there? Yeah, the sickest nice the, the bruise, nice smell, yeah. nice smell, yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been a sawmill before. What can we expect to be looking at and seeing? You'll see how fast the line is. It's all about um, log count through the line, and you'll see exactly the, as much as we can uh, take out of each log and put it into sawn, sawn products. A lot of scanning, a lot of setting. It's just a, a fast line that makes sure it maximizes value from each log. I'm just amazed at the sights and sounds in this sawmills. There's a continuous conveyor belt that takes the log through numerous saws, which swipe cuts of timber off, and these timber cuts are then shunted down to packing areas. That's the first cut going through there, and then you see the secondary cut here as well. These are all the sideboards coming off from the, from the first process, and then the, the main section of the log, the centerpiece, goes straight on for it's a different product than a uh, a valuable product, it's more valuable. Water. That's the log uh, just hitting the saw, the circular saws at that point. Like that machinery must cost millions, and, and who makes, who made it? Uh, there's multi millions in the line you're after walking through there of investment. Um, I suppose that line came from America, but there's also German gear in there as well uh, that you saw. And the process you witnessed or saw was uh, round log coming in and sawing boards coming out. And you've seen the speed of the line, uh, you've seen the, the, the different phases for, the, um, for cutting the, the sideboards off to make sure we extrapolate as much into the sawn timber product as we can. And you also see the bales of timber here in front of you coming off the mill. It's just, uh, it's an unbelievable pace and, and, and speed and, and yet a lovely product coming off at the end. Fit for, fit for use in Ireland here, or some of this will be exported to the UK. Between the two sites in Ballon and Ballygar, 195 people are employed, and 10 huge kilns are on site also to dry the timber. It has to be dried down to 16% moisture content, and uh, it's all done digitally. It'll tell you when it's ready, and it'll tell you, obviously, during the winter months, you have a little bit more drying to do in terms of time to get through the kiln, and summer months, lesser time. But uh, yeah, it, it, it works well. They use their own shavings to fuel the kiln and they sell the sawdust to Bordnamona. So no part of the tree is wasted in the process. There's absolutely no waste in the site. Everything that comes in is used in some shape or form on the site. And they could generate their own power from the heat of the kilns. When this boiler was put in, it was put in that we could convert to produce it, uh, generating our own electricity, using it on site here and selling back to the grid. But just right now in the time we're in, this makes sense for us. You'll see energy efficient lights to battery operated machines to uh, a lot of um, solar panel in certain areas but you will see investment around the site to try and make sure that we're monitoring our electric usage. Murray's sawmills make value added timber products also. See the timber coming off the end of the line yeah. and uh, we take those off into another area on the site to add value okay. like for Feather Edge is a huge market in the UK for garden sheds that, that ship lath them. There's decking, there's, uh, there's lots of different things we do on, yeah. uh, on the other lines. Fencing products, round top boards. Um, we can bundle direct 
to the customer and, and, and deal with small packs and break it down even further. So, And who would be your biggest customer now in Ireland? The likes of Chadwick's, um, Buckley, the Grafton Group, all those top line, uh, all those customers that we deal with. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a range of them. And that range of timber is all stacked up outside and ready for the market. The stacks are marked sustainable. SNR is what we, what we brand our saw and timber under, so sustainable natural resource. Okay. 70% of the raw material we take in has to be uh, certified to FSC standard okay. or, or PFC yeah. standard. Um, so basically certified logs that your woods are managed sustainably. Yeah. And uh, we, we are above that 70% and we can put that on our, la- on our label and on our bales. Yeah. And there, here's a presented bale in front of you just to show exactly that. And so we've come full circle, beginning and ending with sustainability. But before we go... Here's Michael Summers, forestry advisor with Chagas Kilkenny. Here's an interesting fact about trees. A breakthrough technology that is right on so many levels comes from the form of cross-laminated timber, which holds superb performances in the construction of skyscrapers. It's cheaper to produce, easy to assemble, and can be better than concrete or steel at handling fires. This is because timber burns at a constant rate. A Danish architect has recently designed the world's tallest wooden skyscraper, which will be completed in 2023. The plyscraper, as it's called, is set to be based in Stockholm, Sweden, and will stand at 34 storeys tall. Trees from seed to sawdust is funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine as part of the Woodland Support Project.